is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. The Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come first. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast with me, Jason and Corey. Corey, how are we doing? Jason, I'm well. How are you? Yeah, uh, not too bad. Obviously, no review on today's podcast after... The rain circulated in South Yorkshire for the second time in uh, in five days, and obviously this one wasn't rearranged for the day after. Thank God. Yeah, and cause... the one thing I've got to ask before we got the podcast started is, did anybody check the weather forecast for Teesside? Well, yeah, that that's true. I mean, uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, as it's a very very similar ground to ours, of course, then uh, you know the uh, the undersoil heating and the drainage must be a lot better than that in. That in South Yorkshire. Clearly, when they had the builders in building it, they were too busy on the tea break rather than putting drainage in. Because I, I don't think I've I've not heard of that for probably since about the seventies, and they still played on waterlogged pitches back then. It, it's been a freak freak week for Derby, um, but you know we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But of course, joining us to talk about Borough is Tom from the Borough Breakdown. Tom, thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. And Corey, as you've just alluded to before we came on air, this what we quoted as the Steve Gibson Derby. That now that that's that's what it will be known as. And then, as you've just highlighted just before we came on air, it's also the end of Rooney Derby and various other. Now, in fact, there's the the fixture against Middlesbrough is becoming more and more of a an interesting proposition rather than just the three-and-a-half, four-hour journey it takes to get there now, uh, to be honest with you. There's, there's a lot more between Derby and Middlesbrough than meets the eye over the last few years, isn't there, Corey? There is, and I think, Tom, what, we'll, what we want to discuss is, is it's really a pivot point in Derby season because uh, if you look back at that last game, I think basically, Tom, Middlesbrough retired Wayne Rooney, am I right? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, we actually discussed it on our podcast yesterday, um, I think I think it was George Savile we mentioned uh, nutmegged him in that game, and apparently he was never the same since. And decided to take the step into management. He's got kids, you know. The guy's got a family. Disrated <laughs> yeah. his soul. But yeah, I mean, no, I, I, he, he, I'd have retired him six months previous, Corey. But you know, <laughs> so but, some somebody at the club wouldn't. But now they roll up Tom to T side to the Riverside, and Wayne Rooney is El Jefe. He is the boss. So it's boss man Wayne Rooney in charge, Jason. And, you know, so thank God we won't be able to watch him on the field. Thank, thank you for that. So that, that's, that's really good. Um, so, Tom, since what was, your, what was your makings of that game? Actually, the game's at Pride Park, isn't it? I believe it is. I was just, what am I talking you know what? about? I was just, saying where the roll up to T side. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sorry. I was, I'm going to go. Just I'm just going to shut up now and let you take it over, Jason. 
<laughs> well, I was just thinking, but then I thought to myself, we've had that many disappointing results home and away this season. It could have been. It, I, I, I'm, I forgive you for thinking it, it could be. It could be that way, but uh, yeah, it is at Pride Park. Strangely, um, I mean, our pitch isn't any greater, and I can assure you, the the rain and the the, the snow that we have in Derby is uh, there's, there's quite a lot of it. Uh, just looking out the window, I've been out in it today. There's quite a bit of it, but I would have thought by Saturday, I think we'll be absolutely fine. Tom, um, one of the points I want to start with in terms of Middlesbrough, it's when we first met earlier on this season, Borough were in some decent form and it, it, it looks like they've kind of just come off the boil a little bit. What, what's been going on in the last two, three months? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, December, we we had a couple of really good results. We we beat Millwall 3-0 at home, uh, beat Birmingham 4-1 away. Um, and then a kind of typical Borough slump happened after Christmas. And we kind of forgot about this over the last couple of years because it was terrible for most of the year, not just January. Um, but we do tend to have a, a bit of a January slump after, after Christmas for some reason. And... Uh, apparently Neil Warnock does as well. Uh, he actually said in an interview, I think it was after the the Norwich game, uh, he said things tend to pick up for me in, in February. And we're not at a great start on that as well. Um, but it, yeah, it, we were kind of consistently in good form before Christmas, but it does seem we've went off a little bit since then. Uh, but we're, we're kind of more optimistic looking forward now. I think even though at the weekend we lost 4-1, it seems strange to say, but there were things to be optimistic about in that performance. Um, and even, even Neil Warnock in, in one of his interviews uh, yesterday, I believe, is looking forward quite optimistically for the rest of the season. So we're hoping we can kind of uh, recapture some of that form now. Like you said, that to be fair, it's since the beginning, um, since, uh, sorry, other than the last two seasons, like you said, which have been a little bit, you know, poor for Borough, really, almost a bit of a reset. You're still the right end of the table, uh, you know, nicely poised, if, which I know Corey will go on to talk about in a minute uh, as well, uh, a little bit later on, if the players that you've brought in in January start firing and you start finding that early season form, you're you're in prime position to finish uh, as high as, obviously, as you can do, um, which is obviously something that I'm sure will be delightful for Middlesbrough fans, especially with what they've seen over the last couple of years, Tom? Yeah, it's it's absolutely a, a welcome break uh, from Pulis Ball and then Woodgate Ball uh, last year. I think, like, like you mentioned about the, the January signings, they were one of the um, the parts of the game at the weekend to be optimistic about. Um, personally, I was very surprised we didn't kind of set up the same way we did in that classic nil-all draw against Norwich. Um, I honestly thought we were going to set up just to just to kind of nullify Brentford at the weekends, but we set up in a four-three-three with uh, Balassi and Cabano either side of Asombolonga, and both of those going forward kind of give us reasons to to be optimistic about it. it they did create a lot of chances, which we haven't seen for for a lot of this season, and. I think for a lot of the season as well, we've kind of been chopping and changing tactics. Whereas when Warnock first came in, he said, I kind of favour the 4 3 3. He's just never really had the, the players to do it. Now I think because he does have the, the players to do it, um, that'll probably be our shape moving forward. And hopefully it can, can be quite exciting football and hopefully get us into the, the top six at the end of the season. Tom, there's three players there that you touched on and one additional one I want to add because Burrow was very active in the transfer market. Um, Nathaniel Menzies-Lang came in 
Um, Yannick Balassi, the maverick winger. You never know what you're going to get with Yannick Balassi. And then obviously Neskins Cubano came in um, from, from Fulham. And so first of all, explain to me the need to get the kind of those, those wide, quick attacking, attacking players into Middlesbrough. <clears throat> well, I think for, for most of this season, we haven't had that with, um, we've had Jed Spence, who is a right back slash white, uh, right wing back who's been playing uh, right wing for us uh, at times. We've had the same kind of deal with Marvin Johnson on the left. Marcus Tavernier, who has been playing right wing and kind of been, we've kind of christened him the championship Ian Robin on our our podcast because uh, he's just been cutting in on his left foot and he's, he's scored a few goals just from that cutting inside and kind of launching into the far corner. But we've never had any kind of consistency uh, in those performances with the wingers. We've had some chances created uh, from them, but with them kind of being wingbacks, it's, it's not really something they're well known for and especially Spence uh, being quite young and, and new to the team as well is he can kind of suffer from inconsistency at, at times um, young players are always going to make those mistakes and I'm sure he'll, he'll grow and be a better player for it in, in the future but uh, I think in particular what Warnock was looking for in January was players who could make an impact now um, and that's exactly what we've got with uh, Balassi and Cabano. I don't think Balassi was actually top of the the list from something I've read today in in our uh, in an article from the Teesside Gazette, um, purely based on fitness. Um, I think he was one of someone who had been playing kind of in and out the the team all season, like we've we've had in Cabano. Um, but Balassi in the last game kind of looked quite sharp uh, and did create quite a few chances. Mendes Lang, um, I think it's going to be a couple of weeks until he really kind of gets a, gets a look in. The same article I read this morning said he might get 20 minutes um, against Derby if the game's kind of going well enough for, for him to do that. Um, but probably be a couple of weeks till, till he's able to start and, and really kind of make an impact there. But it, it was massively important to, to get all those free, free players in, I would say. Yeah, because Menzies Lang was rumored to to go to Derby, and then obviously Warnock came in. He'd had a relationship with Neil at at Cardiff, and and that kind of tipped the the balance of the scales there. And one other transfer rumor that I guess that didn't come off. Tom, correct me if I'm wrong. I, well, it didn't happen, but I think you guys might know more about it than me. Is um, El Capitano, Brit Asambalanga. Uh, you know, you know what you're going to get with Brit. He's a handful and everything like that. But there was a rumor that he was going to be swapped for Famara Diaju at at Bristol City. That didn't obviously come off. Um, one, why was that? And two, why would you want to get rid of Asam Balanga when he's such a handful? Well, I think just to uh, just answer the second one first, he's out of contract at the end of the season. Um, he's our club record sign and we spent $15 million on him uh, as a reported fee. Um, and I, I think it would just more be to get something for him rather than risk lo- losing him for nothing at the end of the season. I believe uh, Famaro Deju was, was in the same position at uh, Bristol. I think he's out of contract at the end of the season as well. Um, so it did kind of, in a weird way, make sense for both clubs to kind of do that swap. Not sure why it didn't happen. Um, the news kind of broke on the night before deadline day that it was going to happen. And then as, as kind of quickly as that came, it, it went away. It was around uh, midday on deadline day when it kind of got reported that it wasn't going to happen. Um, 
Warnock has said in interviews recently that Asamba Longer and Fletcher um, are both going to have to take pay cuts if they want to stay past the end of the season. So not sure what his future will be uh, by the end of the season, but definitely hope he can contribute some, some goals uh, in the running. Jason, an aging forward who's done well for four past teams, who wants big money and is out of contract. Hmm. Glenn Sounds Murray? like a very typical, that would be a very typical Derby signing. So yeah, it would, he might yeah. get well acquainted with his new home at Pride Park. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I'd, r- I'd rather not have it. I'd rather not have him. But uh, one, one player that I am interested in talking to, to you about, Tom, is obviously one that did come to Pride Park, who was up at uh, up at the Riverside. We obviously haven't actually... We saw him in for about 10, 15 minutes, I think it was, Corey, against Barnsley midweek. We uh, did. And, and obviously and we didn't have a game Saturday. We did. And Tom, Dana from your blog provided a lot of insights on that as well. Jason, who was the player? Yeah, uh Patrick Roberts. I mean, he's somebody obviously that when I, I didn't realize he was at Middlesbrough, I must admit, I'm very poor at that kind of thing. But obviously, the name rings rang a bell. I knew he's been in and around the championship. Um, but from my understanding, he didn't, he wasn't really involved up, up at the Riverside too much, too much this season, Tom. Was, was there a reason behind that? Um, I think potentially uh, just due to not being the type of player that, that Warnock likes. I do think that's a bit strange because Warnock did bring him back this season. Um, he was signed under Woodgate last season, featured quite a bit as soon as he came in, um, did look promising and then got injured um, and then kind of came back towards the end of the season. He, he did have a big moment at the end of the season, scoring a goal away at Redden, uh, which helped keep us up. Um, but this year he just hasn't had much of a look in and I, I don't know if that's due to tactical reasons. Um, we've spoke about this on our podcast as well. He doesn't kind of tend to, to get back and unless you, you're playing in a game where he can be afforded a lot of space and, and time to, to be creative with, uh, he can, I don't want to say liability because that's that's a bit harsh, but it can be a little bit harder on the rest of the team. I think he's, he's uh, a luxury type of player to have, uh, really. Um, and I think that might be why he wasn't getting too much of a, a look in this season. Um, like I say, big moment last season helped keep us up. Sad to see him go, but uh, he wasn't getting the game. So he, he may as well kind of go somewhere where he will be able to play regularly and kind of help. Say help progress his career, but I think he's like 23, 24 he's 20, now. He's 23, isn't he? Yeah, and I think yeah, he comes into a, the end of his contract uh, at City. So possibly why we've taken a punt on him. And I mean, obviously we've seen him for 15 minutes in a game that we were 2-0 behind where we caught at the time when he came on against Rotherham. I think and so, I think so. Yeah, so obviously we, didn't, we, we don't really know what we're going to get with him. Uh, one question I've got for you about him, Tom, is that he's... The way that Derby play, obviously we, we play on, on wing, you know, with wingers, but th- they do have to have a defensive side to them um, and they, they have to, you know, do their work defensively. What's he like for going, dropping back and, and covering in that position? I've got to say we didn't see too much of that from him. Um, I don't think physically he's uh, kind of got the attributes to to help back defensively like... Um, some off the top of my head, someone like Velassi has because he, he's six foot one, kind of quite built. Mm. I'm pretty sure Roberts is around five foot eight, maybe. 
um, and and quite quick though. But that that's a, to his advantage going forwards. Um, and you kind of got to expect him to to do the unexpected when he, he's going forward. Um, I, I think that that size and and build kind of helps him in that respect. He, he can kind of take a man on, take him on again, and then try and create a chance out with that. So, sounds like somebody that obviously going forward, Corey Derby have been very interested in with the lack of goals that we've got this season. But as I say, there the defensive side of things, we know it's it's something that is expected of our of our wingers getting back and and getting stuck in. And we, we've seen it too many times this season where those players haven't done that, and that's kind of why that was a position that was earmarked in January that we needed to bring somebody in because we just got too many people that weren't doing what they were basically what was asked of them, I suppose. We have, and, and even if he is a little bit lax defensively, I think you've seen time and time again, Jason, this season, Tom, I'm sure you'll see it as well. Darby don't have the most cutting edge in the attack. So maybe maybe you do, you, something has to give. You can be solid defensively, that's fine, but you do also have to score goals to win games. So potentially bringing in Patrick Roberts is, yeah, let's sacrifice a little bit out of defense, you know, because we can rely on other people to sit back and try to try to get at a little bit more to the attacking third. So it could be a very shrewd, um, bit of business. I know I always try to sign him in FIFA because he's always pretty good because he's at Manchester <laughs> City and he's always very highly rated and has a scanned face. So that always adds an extra cool dimension to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's good to see, you know, hopefully he can, it can kick on. I know obviously his time at Middlesbrough kind of stalled based off of where he was at Celtic and Norwich before, but hopefully he can kick on against Middlesbrough uh, on, on Saturday. Tom, yeah. when we when we spoke with you guys in, in the first part of the season, um, Neil Warnock, I, I think you guys have a saying on your podcast. And uh, are you guys still horny for Warney? Yeah, I believe we, we still are. <laughs> um, just, just, a yeah, bit, just a bit, just a bit. Definitely. Um, I actually got asked uh, a, a question on uh, Brentford's podcast the other day. Uh, how kind of close is this to, to a Karanka team? And I'd say this is the closest we've been since Karanka left, um, mainly because he, he's kind of he's kind of brought things back together um, in, in terms of kind of team cohesion, but also getting the fans behind him. Uh, Tony Pulis always had his kind of doubters from from the off, just because he was Tony Pulis and the t- type of football that he played. Woodgate was never anyone's first choice, but I think most people kind of willing to to give him the benefit of the doubt. Warnox came in, uh, kept us up, played some good football while he's done that. Um, and we, we've seen some really good football at times this season as well. So I think the the majority of fans, if not all of them, are, are still kind of really behind Warnock. And I, I think his contract's either up at the end of the season or he's on a rolling contract. But I know most people, uh, like I say, if not all, would want to see him here next season as well. Yeah, I would be shocked if they were able to let someone like him go because I think as soon as you add Neil Warnock into any team, um, that's got to be worth five or six points a season. Uh, it just has to be with his with his nous and his and his knowledge and understanding of this division and, and what it takes to get out. And and like you just said in the transfer market, you know, he very quickly identifies I need this, and then he goes out and he gets them. And you know, yes, he'll allow Jed Spence to play as a youngster, and that's fine, all well and good. But he also understands at the end of the day. I'm here to win football matches and, you know, I need senior players to do that. And, you know, it was very, very decisive in the transfer market it appeared from the outside. Anyway, it was very decisive. And, you know, these players came available. I want them. I've got them. And he does seem, I mean, I also, 
I don't think we can even be polite with Tony Pulis and say he even plays a style of football. That's just, that's just, that's just Victorian age stuff. That's just Victorian age stuff. The man with the cap. Um, but who knows, you know, it might be at Derby next season. Um, so yeah, it, it's good. I mean, definitely we know Warnock Jason isn't in your estimation, one of the best managers in the championship, if not the best. I mean, you, you certainly can't knock a, knock what he's done over his career. I mean, obviously people will always, I suppose it, the other 23 sides in the division don't like him. The one that's got him absolutely love him. And it, it's that way. But I mean, I'd take him at probably not now, but I, I would have done. And I know he's been linked with Derby a few times over the last 10, 15 years. It's actually probably if we was to say, Corey, what's the one thing over the last five, 10 years that Derby have missed or, or lacked? It's been fight, grit, bite. We, we've tried to play in the 90 style of football and it's not worked. Everything that Warnock does is probably what's missing from Derby at the moment. Wayne's starting to bring a little that a, a little bit of that in. That was just the way that Wayne Rooney was as a player. Obviously, that aggression, that playing on the you know just right on the line of, of discipline and that kind of thing. So, I'm I'm hoping we get to see a bit more of it in in Derby uh, under Wayne. But yeah, Warnock for me, you can't knock his his accolades, and he he does it year on year, you know, decade after decade. He, you think he's done in the game, and then and then he comes back in and. And, and and does something else, doesn't he? So you know you can't you can't really um, can't really knock him for that. So you know, but um, ne- next thing, Tom, we've got a segment. It's a new segment, Corey. We're going to try it. We're going to try it out called the Quick Fire Five. Um, as the name kind of suggests, Tom, j- just five five answer five questions, five quickish answers. Some probably aren't going to be as quick as others, but as quick as we can. So. Um, Who's the uh, who's the top scorer so so far at Middlesbrough this season? Um, I believe it's a Sombolonga. Um possibly Tav, or actually no, Duncan Watmore. I think it is. <laughs> okay, um, best player in a Middlesbrough shirt so far this season. Um, I mean that's a that's a difficult one. I, I think possibly Anthony Dykesdale, We would say. Uh, it's between him and Dale Fry actually Dale Fry's had a massive improvement since, since last season but also nobody expected Dyke Steele to be our starting right back uh, as he has been up until the, the sign of Daniel Fisher um, and he's, he's come on leaps and bounds this season as well He also Dale Fry had that gnarly eye injury like a couple of weeks ago that he nearly lost his mm. eyeball that looked that looked was like gnarly ball, that, was, <laughs> that was yeah not good uh, favoured formation and style of play, Tom? Uh, at the moment, 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, I'm happy we're going to see that uh, moving forward. And I'd have liked to have seen it kind of a bit more consistently throughout the first half of the season as well. Um, but there were some games where we had to kind of go with three slash five at the back. So, But yeah, 4-3-3, four, four, three, three, definitely. And Middlesbrough's key men uh, for so far this season and... Uh, obviously, for, for Derby on Saturday, who's the ones to watch out for? Uh, as I just mentioned, Dale Fry. Um, I think Johnny Housen and Sam Morsey in midfield both been kind of fairly consistent. Um, but then you've also got to look at the, the two wingers as well. Balassi and Cabano will probably be danger men on Saturday. That was four. That was four. Corey, have you got one more? 
Who's your favorite all-time Middlesbrough player, Tom? Oh, Janino has to be. <laughs> no, not not the white feather then. He's, he's uh, my favorite so, Derby player. <laughs> Sadly, I'm not not <laughs> quite old enough to remember him. But <laughs> also, Tom, what's your thoughts on Derby County and their and their predicament this season? You know, obviously, I don't think. Even us as Derby fans, I know me and Jason weren't as bullish as other Derby fans were uh, at the beginning of the season, but I don't think anybody could have sat here and said, oh, you know, it's second week in February and Derby's near the foot of the table. When you when you look at Derby coming and, and playing Middlesbrough, what are your thoughts and generally about Derby and then where they are right now? I was I was quite surprised to see uh, Derby quite down the, down the bottom of the table. Um, I didn't think Philip Cocker was that bad a, bad a manager based on last season, but then this season it just seemed to be something completely different. Um, I'm kind of happy to see uh, Rimney progressing well as a as a manager, uh, but that that's kind of more to do with you know that whole England team, the the golden generation, where you know Lampard progressed well at Derby, Steven Gerrard's working wonders at Rangers. You know, you, you like to see players like that move into management and, and actually do a good job. So I'm happy he's doing a good job. Hope he doesn't on Saturday um, for, for our sake. But uh, yeah, I mean, it might take a little bit of a, a rebuild, I, I think. You, I, I think you, you guys have, have signed a couple of players in, in January, right, including Patrick Roberts. Um, so it's good that you kind of identify in areas to improve. Um, I, I think probably after the end of the season, give give Rooney some backing in, in the transfer market as much as possible with the current kind of climate. Um, but yeah, I'd expect to see a very kind of different Derby company next season. And I'm sure if Derby can put some money into the coffers of transfers, they'd love to just to upset Steve Gibson even more <laughs> because we all know Derby are completely skinned. Jason? Yeah, yeah on the just. Um, no, I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's a lot of... Pre- it's probably a bit, quite a bit of pressure on Rooney's shoulders. He's been given that two and a half, three year deal or whatever it may well be. And I don't know the exact number, but Corey, you might be able to back it up. I, th- I think there's, with players who we've brought in on loan and players due to contracts, you know, to go out in the summer, I think we've got less than 11 players signed on beyond summer. So of it, that is going to be you know, a, a monumental shift. And I think for the five that we brought in on transfer deadline day, I think at least three out of those five are probably ones that are, you know, playing, playing for a deal at Derby uh, in, in the summer. And I think at least one, if not the two, the other two young loanees that we've got are probably also playing for a, for a season long loan at Derby with, with Wayne Rooney connections, um, lad from United and, and one from Everton. So, you know, it, it's, he has that feel about it for me from a fan, from a fan as well. Um, and me and Corey have spoken about this to death, you know, Philip Cocky didn't do a bad job, but in the end, it just didn't work out for him and um, something needed to change. He was, he was given a, he was given a difficult task and he, he nearly, nearly managed to pull it off. Um, but Wayne, you know, anybody rookie manager or not, we had the same under Frank, anybody with those kind of pulls and contacts in football, they should be able to, you know, bring in certain amounts of players. And from our understanding, Wayne's very much a manager sitting in the office manager rather than out on the training pitch. We've got Steve, another 
another famous uh, famous man up in the north, um, Steve McLaren, back at back at Derby, doing doing everything on the on the training pitch. So Wayne is li- literally just you know just the drive and the and the pull. So fingers crossed for Derby. Like I think it is. It's a bit of a reset. It's uh, it, maybe it, Derby needed this season. Fingers crossed they don't go down. I, I think we're 50-50 still at the minute with with the way things have been over the last five or six days um, with results. But, you know, we're open, we can pull through it and we've got a, still an impending takeover going on. Don't know when that's ever going to sort itself out. Maybe by the time for the summer, who knows. Hey, Corey, that brings us all, almost on to a score prediction. Um but just just you know, a few thoughts from everybody about the game on Saturday. I mean, Middles was one of those just recently. They've gone they've gone ever anyway these fixtures, haven't they? Yeah, Sorry. they Sorry. they certainly <laughs> certainly they certainly have. And Middlesbrough always is a tough team. Any any way you want to do it, I never fancy a game against Middlesbrough. And then when you add in the the Warnock factor as well, um, you know that it, it's just it's just it just makes Middlesbrough that much more strong. Uh, Sorry, that's not proper English. That makes Middlesbrough much stronger. There we go. I've been to university. I know words. Words are hard. Um, and I think, you know, they're, 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 they're going to be a very interesting proposition. I mean, I know Darnell Fisher um, from, the, from the, uh, the, the grabbing incident earlier this season. So, um, you know, we all, we all know what he brings to the table. He brings a certain edge to his play. He plays with a certain swagger and a certain bit of arrogance, I guess, in a way. Um, and that's kind of... Uh, that kind of tough play is the way I kind of expect Middlesbrough. When you say Dale Fry and you say um, Dykstiel, I mean, I've seen them on several occasions. They're hard as nails. They're tough men. They are in form. They are in the way, in the mold of Neil Warnock. And so, you know, that's the way, it's the way I perceive it. And Jason, it's going to be a really tough, tough game. Tom, Tom, what are your thoughts on the match? Um, I'm expecting a bit of a tough game as well, but more because of our, our recent form. Um, we did our score predictions on, on our podcast yesterday and I didn't kind of share Johnny and Dana's optimism that we were going to keep a clean sheet. So I thought it was going to be 2-1 uh, to us, if anything, because I, I just, I think after after the, the bit of poor form we've had recently, it could go the same way as we had against Wickham at the start of January where... Um, we got hit, hit with a goal within the first five minutes, I think, and we just had, had to kind of come back from that. Um, I am expecting it to be a tough game, um, but I'm hoping our recent additions can kind of see us through it. Um, I keep going back to that article I've read this morning from, from our Gazette, but uh, Warnock said for the rest of the season, we're not going to play anyone as defensively strong as Norwich and Brentford. Um, so the shackles are off really um, we've got 18 games left and, and we're absolutely going for it so I think if we can create the chances we created on Saturday against Brentford and actually put them away this time rather than shooting straight at the goalkeeper um, we, we've got goals in us on Saturday Jason what's your I prediction? I would, I would have argued the defensive thing until I saw us against Rotherham on Wednesday, um, which was for, for a team that's kept, what, seven clean sheets in nine or something ridiculous like that. The, uh, the amateurish at best defending against Rotherham on Wednesday was... It was just, just like the last 20 minutes. It was just like, I don't yeah. know. It's like they're playing and then just like, it's like they all it woke up and they're be... like, where are we? What are we doing here? Yeah, it, it came across that way. I, to be honest bizarre. with you, I, I, I very much felt 
you know, something that we've spoke about a lot, Corey, Dog, the, the transfers that we brought in in January were to, to, give, to give us that little bit of strength and depth. They'd only been in the club one day. And, you know, we made a few changes with the last 20 minutes and then within five minutes we conceded and within the next eight minutes we'd conceded another two. It just sent that Derby tried to do the right thing by making the changes in that game to try and affect the result and it completely shot them in the foot and backfired. Um, that's not the type of performance we've been seeing from Derby, certainly since the last time these two sides met. Derby have been much, much, be- much, much better. Um, and that's probably because Wayne Rooney came out of our midfield. But it, it's, we've, we've kind of touched on it all podcast, Corey. It's the same old Sombolonga, massive threat, very dangerous. One of the first things you think about Middlesbrough, certainly over the last few years, probably don't score all that many, but they definitely don't concede that many, 100%. One of the toughest sides over the last five years to break down um, in the championship. So, you know... it. I don't know. It's obviously Derby didn't play at the weekend. They've had that little bit extra off. Um, Derby need to bounce back from that Rotherham result. That's that's the difficult part. We, that result came. I mean, I can accept losing, but it's the way that we lost. That's not the way that Derby have been for the last well three months. So very came out of left field. So it's very it's going to be very difficult. What we have seen, Corey, I think whenever we have kind of had a bit of a negative result under Wayne we've always bounced back with a pretty decent result um certainly performance as well you know performance result most of the time and we're at home I think I I can I can see Derby I would I would hope they can they can get back to some kind of football and Corey we'll put we've always said you know we struggle against the teams that dig in We, we do struggle against those ones if teams come at us Derby play a way that we can if we don't concede, we, we can pick you off because we can play on the counter. Because, well, you've seen Roberts. We've got a very similar player on the left. Both our fullbacks are lightning. It's, it can aid us. And we've played that way this season. Um, and, it, and, it's, and it's brought us, it's brought us uh, some good results against teams like Swansea, Bournemouth, you know, uh, Norwich we've beat. You know, we've beat most of the top sides playing that way. It's when people put 11 men behind the ball. That's when, that's when Derby struggle. Um, and I don't think that's the way that, from what you're saying, Tom, and I'm not sure that's the way that Borough are going to play. I think they're going to come at Derby, and, and quite right that you know, like you say, they they've got nothing to they've got nothing to lose really. So I'm actually expecting quite an interesting game. Uh, as I say, the result for Derby in the midweek kind of knocks me a little bit, knowing where to where to go for a score prediction. But um, I'm going to have to come up with one because that's what we're going to do next, Corey. That is score exactly what we're going to do. So, Tom, you what your score? Remind us of your score prediction once again. I said two one to Bora on our and podcast. And that was him not being optimistic. What a life! <laughs> Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Um, Jason, you know, taking into account everything Tom said and, and what you said, and, and and my understanding of the game in Middlesbrough and Derby and stuff like that, like I think it is. I think it is going to be a tough one to call. But I'm going to be optimistic this week. I'm going to be the optimistic one, and I'm going to say it's going to be a one nil Derby win. I just think that. Um, you know, it, it, I think that Borough have a lot of threats, but I still think Balassi, you know, he's inconsistent sometimes. Uh, Cabana's still getting acclimatized to the team. Asan Belonga, you know, I think that we'll have enough to, to Darby will have enough to neutralize him with, with Matt Clark as well um, at the back. And I just think that Darby will 
fashion some sort of ugly kind of winner. And I think it'll be an ugly, gritty kind of typical Neil Warnock performance, but conjured by the wizard Wayne Rooney. Jason? I, I, can, see the, I can see the game going a very similar way to what you've just described, Corey, but I, I'm, I'm leaning on Tom's score prediction, uh, 2-1. And to be honest with you, I'm really, really struggling to know which way to, to, to pick. I think Derby are going to concede. Uh, we've scored in most <laughs> games recently, Wednesday aside. Um, so, so two one. I do think there's going to be a winner. Normally, if I couldn't pick between the two sides, obviously the draw is the natural thing. But I don't think, for some reason, there's just something telling me there is going to be a winner in this game. And two one's definitely the scoreline I'm going for. But I just don't know which way to go. Um, you got to pick, Jason. This is why you get the big. I know. Bucks. I know. Um, I'm going to say two one Derby. I think that for some, I, I think. Wayne won't accept that performance from last week, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went two one either way. I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a good game actually. I am. It's not a tedgy affair like like maybe Rotherham was for the first seventy five minutes. I'm actually expecting a decent game of football. Hopefully, that's going to be that. Obviously, that's just put the spell on it as always. But yeah, I think two one derby. Fair enough. See, Tom, you push him, and he gets he gets <laughs> he gets his prediction, and that's why he gets the big bucks in the podcast. So, Jason, you want to take uh, us? You want to take us to the full to the full time? Yeah, I mean, it's it's flown by. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Tom. It's it's been great, uh, great chatting to you. And um, thanks for your insights on on Middlesbrough. Uh, as just to say, you know, as we've just said, I'm expecting it to be, I'm expecting it to be a good game. Um, both teams are coming at it from you know slightly different angles, but it's it's still uh, I would expect it to be. Uh, I would expect it to be a good one. But thanks very much for your insights. Thanks for coming on the podcast, mate. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. And Corey, as always, thank you very much. Jason, you're more than welcome as always. Tom, I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. And that is all the time that we've got this for this episode. And until next time, up the Rams. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch. On Twitter, we're at RamsReview1. On Facebook, it's Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, up the Rams. The Rams Review Podcast are proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, putting fans first.